0: Hey, thank you for joining us online today. I'm Jared Kirk, lead pastor of Renewal Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. You may not know this, but today is actually the 7-year anniversary of our church, and so we have a lot to we have a lot to celebrate together. I want you to take your phone out and check into the service right now. We got some free resources to send you. I want to give you a free copy of my book, and also we've got some updates coming soon about our church meeting in person, which I'm crazy excited about. Next week, we're going to be online only, but we think we have some announcements, and I need you to sign up for text updates by checking in today so that you can get the info and meet us in person when it's safe, and uh, for us to do that, we're, we're probably headed back to the Hilton. So today, I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer, but this story starts in Charlotte, North Carolina, the, the dirt there is made out of orange clay, and the pastimes barbecue and tobacco. And so I used to meet this guy named Mike around the fire pit at the church and smoke cigars together. And and I loved Mike. He was was a wild character. He had dark, swarthy skin. He had uh, wild eyes. And he would just come rolling up in this rust-spotted pickup truck, cigar already lit in his lips, and hang out at the fire every night of the week. And guys loved hanging out with Mike because he had this way of getting people unstuck in their walk with God. And so he, he, he kind of functioned like this counselor. Guys would come to him when they needed help. And I remember one night I went to the fire pit and I, I reached out to Mike because I needed help. I'd gotten stuck in my life. Have you ever been there? You wish you could change, but you just can't change, and your prayers are are God, I, God, would you help me, please, change? I, I I want to, I just can't. I'm stuck, and I was I was tired of messing up my life, and I was tired of messing up the lives of the people that I love so much, and so I went to Mike, and I and I thought I knew he could help me, and so I said um, I said Mike, what do we need to do? And I thought maybe he would talk to me about you know, my family and my upbringing when I was a child, or I thought maybe he would talk to me about, you know, I don't know what counselors, do. you know, talk to you about your emotions or whatever, but he did something that was so surprising that was so unbelievably helpful in my life. From God's word, he showed me how my prayer life could be connected to the troubles that I was going through. And it brought so much peace in my life and it was part of how God got me unstuck. And so that is what I wanna share with you today now the reason for that is that 2020 was a mess and so many people got stuck I mean, I talked to my family members, I talked to our church members, I talked to my friends, and so many of us fell back into those bad habits, those unhealthy patterns that we had previously in our life, and 2020 sucked us right back in, because there was so much uncertainty, and there was so much anxiety around that, that we dealt with it. Instead of turning in faith to God, we just tried to disconnect from our lives, or detach from our lives, or distract ourselves, or numb ourselves. And so, it was for so many people got restuck in the way that they use alcohol or the way that we shop online or it was pornography use or it was social media addiction. It was just some way of dealing with the anxiety and uncertainty to just escape from it instead of turning to God. But here's, here's what I've learned in my life. And when you get this, it changes everything about the way you deal with the pressures of life. God wants you to run to him when you're anxious. God wants you to run to him when you're stuck and when things are uncertain and when you're, you're, you're getting sucked back into bad, God wants you to run to him through prayer. And when you do, his peace comes into your life. He gives you godly, healthy ways to deal with the stress you're facing and the pressures of your life. And so that's why today we're looking at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. We're in this series called Unstuck, Breaking Bad Habits to Grow Spiritually. And our church exists to see Jesus made famous, people made whole, and Boston made new. And to see people made whole, to see that healing and health come into people's lives through Jesus You're going to have to learn how to not just pray your prayers at night by your bedside. Dear God, bless mommy and daddy and my grandma and grandpa. That's not bad, but we're talking about a different way to pray that's connecting you, connecting your prayer life with God with the troubles you go through. So let's look at Philippians 4, 6 through 7 together. I'm going to read it. It says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, there's a couple of things I want to point out from this text today. Number one, prayer is a bridge from anxiety to peace. Prayer is a bridge from anxiety to peace. This is the letter to the Philippians. So it was written by the apostle Paul who was an early follower of Jesus. And he was a man who was closely acquainted with anxiety because this new movement of Jesus followers was springing up. But it was was threatened from every side. And so Paul steps in and tries to build these new churches and he's just full of concern. He's full of worries, full of uncertainty about them. On top of that, his personal life was threatened. His health was threatened. He often didn't know where to go next or what to do next. There was, no, there was no seminary. There were no classes on church planting. So there was a lot of uncertainty. And he dealt with anxiety. Now, he connects for them how they get from this anxious life to peace. And it was something he had learned himself. It's prayer. The text we're looking at takes you on a journey. It starts in that place of anxiety. It says, um, it says, don't be anxious about anything. And it ends in that place of peace, and it says, and the peace of God. But the bridge that connects them is prayer and petition. Petition is a, a word in the Bible which just is a type of prayer which is asking God for things. And the text here says that that prayer is something that's supposed to characterize every situation in your life. But you know what that tells me? It tells me that we're all gonna face trouble in this life. We're all gonna face trials. We're gonna face hard times. We're gonna face temptation. We're gonna face tragedies. We're gonna be innocent victims. Sometimes it will be our fault that our whole life unravels. We are gonna face trials in this life. And yet in every single situation, the Bible doesn't say, hey, run to God in prayer if it's not your fault, run, but, or run to God in prayer if it's only your fault. It's, in every situation, you run to him. And on top of that, you're gonna experience anxiety. Just because you follow Jesus doesn't mean anxiety disappears from your life. But you've gotta bring prayer into the middle of it. You see, the Bible, the way that it pictures our lives, is that all of us have these pressures of life that weigh down on us. And our deepest problem is not that we need to heal our inner wound or get in touch with our inner child or, or, or understand our emotions better. Our deepest problems are that when we face the pressures and trials of this world, instead of turning to God in faith and saying, God, I, ha- I need your grace, I need your help, God, I need you, we turn away from God in sin, and we just try to numb ourselves or distract ourselves or escape from the situation. Prayer is that act of faith where you say when life is crushing me with anxiety, I'm going to turn to my heavenly father in faith. And that's why prayer is the bridge between anxiety and peace. Now here's the second thing I want to show you. Prayer is the way to a protected thought life. The text says that when you pray, God's peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I love that translation. It's, it's that guarding, it's that protection of your inner world. And, and your heart and your mind here is just a way of saying everything that happens inside of you. And isn't it so true that your inner life is vulnerable? That, that for every one of us, It only takes one thought to send us spiraling out of control in worry. It only takes one social media post to set our mind racing on what we're missing out on and become discontent with our lives and just send us... It, It only takes one sentence from one person that just touches the raw nerve of your insecurities and your thought life, spirals out of control. Our inner world is vulnerable. But when you pray, God's peace guards your heart and your mind. It's his protection around you. Because when you pray, you are reminded that God is in control. When you pray, you are reminded that God is loving and good and he cares for you. When you pray, you experience the presence and the love of God in your life. And all of those experiences together protect you and they protect your thought life. It invites God's peace to stand guard in front of your life. That prayer reminds you that God is bigger than your circumstances because when the, when the circumstances of your life seem bigger than your God, your life's full of anxiety. But when you come back in prayer and realize that your God is infinitely bigger than the troubles you face, you have peace. Isaiah 26.3 says this same truth in a different way. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And so there's that idea of focusing your mind on God and receiving peace. When you focus on God, when you trust in God by prayer, God keeps you in peace. And here's the third thing I wanna point out, is that prayer brings you to the prince of peace. Prayer brings you to the prince of peace. Now, when Paul was writing this, he could have said, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds, period, full stop. But when he actually wrote it, he added three little words to the end of it. What does he say? He says, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why does he say that? What is it about this person, Jesus of Nazareth, that when you pray in his name, it brings a different kind of peace and a different kind of power into your life? Why is Jesus an important part of this experience of prayer? And I think this is a very valuable question for us because in our society, people tend to think of prayer as something like meditation or like self-care where you just kind of get things worked out in your soul. But no, according to the Bible, there's something about Jesus where there's real power there. There's power to change the circumstances out there because sometimes when you pray in every situation, God changes the situation. And I know it's popular to say, you're like, well, when I pray, God changes me. And like, like, yes, he does. And we'll talk about that in a second. But there is also a God who shows up in your life when you need him. There's a God who moves on behalf of his people. There is a God that that responds to prayer and he wants to respond to prayer because he wants his kids to come running to him. God set up prayer as the lever that moves heaven to change your circumstances and your situation. And Jesus has the power. To change it. But it's also true that when you pray in Jesus Christ, you have a different kind of peace inside of you. Even if things don't change, even if God doesn't change your situation or your circumstances, even if the pressure is still on and the trials don't go away, God is still with you in the midst of it, if you know Jesus. Because when you have a relationship with God, through his son, Jesus Christ, you know for an absolute fact that God loves you, that he cares about you, and that he hears your prayers. And it's all on the basis of what Jesus did. It's not about you. Think about how anxiety-inducing that would be if every time you come to God, you say, man, I wonder if I've been good enough for God to answer my prayer. That would just add uncertainty to your life. If every time you came to God, you said, man, I wonder if I I did enough religious things, I wonder if I attended church enough or gave enough money or or, or did enough, that would just add anxiety to your life. But when you come to God through Jesus, your relationship with him is based on what Jesus has already accomplished. And so you know that God loves you and that he hears you and that he cares about you. You know, some of you, your life is completely full of anxiety. And you've, been, you've even tried praying a few times, but you can't get past it. And the reason is that you don't have a relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying that if you're a Christian and you have that relationship, you'll never experience anxiety. But I know that there are some of you who are listening to this and watching this. And one of the reasons that you have anxiety is because you don't have peace that comes from God. And that peace that comes from God comes from Jesus. Jesus died on the cross so your sins could be forgiven. He rose from the dead so you could have freedom and hope and eternal life. And anyone who turns from their sin to follow him can know for sure, for certain, forever that they are God's child and that he is for you. You Oftentimes, I I give people a chance to pray at the end of the message to, to start that relationship with God. But today, I don't wanna delay. And so right this moment, if God is calling you towards him, I want to give you a chance to put your trust in him. And so wherever you're at right now, you can pray right where you are, silently in your heart as I pray out loud. and Make this prayer your prayer. Would you pray with me? God, I need you. The pressures of life are crushing me. I need your forgiveness in my life. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my forgiveness. I believe that he rose from the dead so I could have freedom and hope. And I want to live for him from this day forward. God, come into my life and save me and teach me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to check into the service today because as you check in, we're gonna send you resources. We're gonna get behind you. We're gonna pray for you. Our church wants to support you. It is an eternity-shaping decision, but I'll tell you this too. It'll also change your today and your tomorrow, because now your past is forgiven, your future is secure, and his presence is with you today. And so when you leave here today, whether you are trusting Jesus for the first time, or you've been walking with him for years, here's what I want to invite you to do. And it, it's a verse from the Bible. It's from 1 Peter 5-7. It says this, cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Because his heart is for you. Because what breaks your heart breaks his heart. Because your hurts are his hurts. Because when he sees his kid suffers, he is drawn to you. Cast all your anxieties on him in prayer because he cares for you if you struggle to do that, if you were taught to pray in such a way that you just repeat the same prayers over and over again, or if if prayer was just a formality for you before dinner or before bed, I want to give you two ways that you can put this into practice and grow in this in casting your anxieties on him. And here's the first one. Maybe this week you need to pray the Psalms out loud. You know, when you were a baby and you were learning to speak but before you spoke your first words 10,000 words were spoken into your life by your parents or by whoever cared for you words of life and hope and we love you and what are you doing and can you say mama and 10,000 words were spoken into you before you ever spoke your first words prayer works the exact same way you learn the language of prayer as you pray the psalms it's the bible's prayer book and so you gain that vocabulary. You gain that ability to tap into those deep-seated emotions as you pray the prayers aloud. And so maybe that's your commitment. Your next step is, I've never done it before, but quietly in my own room, I'm going to pray the Psalms aloud each day. And that will help you cast your anxiety on him. But here's the second thing. You've also got to get around people who know how to pray. You know, I, I thought I knew how to pray for many years. And then I went on a missions trip to South Africa, and got to spend some time with some amazing believers there. And you know what I learned? I learned that I didn't know how to pray. There was a different way. There was a different passion level. There was a different vocabulary. And it's not that one way was right and one way was wrong. I just gained access to a whole new way to pray because I was surrounded by people who had a rich prayer life. And maybe you need to surround yourself with people like that too. You one of the things we always say at this church is that life is better connected. And now that 2020 is over and we're looking forward, I believe that more than I have ever believed that in my life, that life is better connected. And that when you move from just watching a screen to engaging with other people, you form healthy relationships and you grow spiritually. So if you're not in a group, a community group at Renewal Church, I wanna invite you to the community group connection event. If you check into the service today, we'll send you an email follow-up and you'll have a link to the details on that. It's on February 21st. It'll be online, but it's a chance to find people like you in the same stage of life as you. We have women's groups and men's groups and couples groups, but you're gonna find people and some of those people are gonna know how to pray and it's gonna put you in that situation where you learn to pray in a new way some of that's a little uncomfortable, not a lot, but a little uncomfortable. But you know what? Sometimes when we're uncomfortable and we're stretched, that's when we grow. So if you're not in a group, I want to invite you, maybe even challenge you to check into the service right now so that you can get information on the community group connection event on February 21st. But however you do it, whether you're praying the Psalms aloud, surrounding yourself with people, I want to call you and invite you to cast all your anxiety on the Lord for he cares for you. You know, when my little kids are scared, my little ones, and they run to their daddy, they're usually not asking me for things. They just want to be in my presence because that's where they feel safe. It works the same way with your heavenly father. When you're worried Weighed down, the trials, the troubles, the temptations of life are, are weighing on your shoulders. Run to your heavenly father because in his presence, you'll find peace. Now, as we close the service with prayer today, I'm gonna read you a prayer from a woman named Phyllis Wheatley. It's actually the first Sunday for our church that's in Black History Month. And so I found this prayer and it's a prayer about prayer and it's beautiful. Phyllis Wheatley was the first published African-American poet and also the first published African-American woman. She was born in Gambia. She was made a slave at seven years old by a family in Boston, Massachusetts. And actually her husband is buried at the granary burial ground and they think she is as well. In fact, At the time when she wrote her poetry, people didn't believe that a slave could write poetry. And so they forced her in a court of law to prove that she was able to do it. And somewhere along her path, she found a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And she penned this prayer about prayer. Let's make it our own today. Let me read it to close the service. Thou art my king. Take thou the entire possession of all my powers and faculties, and let me be no longer under the dominion of sin. Give me a sincere and hearty repentance for all my grievous offenses, and strengthen by thy grace my resolutions on amendment and circumspection for the time to come. Grant me also the spirit of prayer and supplication according to thy own most gracious promises. Amen.